1: absolutely anybody could be like mary be like mary log on to jumbocasino.com and play for free now no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner hello and welcome to an all-new episode of this true crime Never sleeps podcast i'm your host larry Lise. Today we're discussing, on Murder Monday, the murder of Robert Keith Palomares. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible. audibletrial.com slash cinemagold. Uh, Link will be in the description. Audible is your source for thousands of Audible books, uh, originals, podcasts, and more. I'm currently reading or listening to Murder of Innocence by James Patterson. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Hunt Killer. Use code TCNS for 20% off your first box. And now let's get on with Murder Monday. First, we'd like to introduce you to Jason Derrick Brown, a man who has become a ghost. He disappeared 12 years ago and is now being sought after by the FBI. The crime he's accused of committing is a savage one. On November 29th, 2004, Robert Keith Palomares was murdered in front of a movie theater, Phoenix, Arizona, Arizona. Brown fired five shots to Robert's head. The killer wanted money. He didn't want Robert or even said a word. Within a blink of an eye, he executed Robert. And as he lay dying, Jason Brown shot him again. Robert was the bag man for an armored car team. His job was to physically pick up money from businesses along his route. He usually made 30 to 60 stops each day. He was a pro and knew what he was doing. Excuse me. As Robert left the box office, Jason Brown came out of the corner, aimed a weapon right at Robert, and fired six shots. Robert went down, never knowing what hit him. Jason fled on a bike, which he had stashed in an alley next to the theater. Robert laid where he fell. There was more than an element of arrogance to what transpired. The execution went down precisely at 10 a.m., Early morning shoppers and motorists were just a few hundred miles or yards away. A citywide search was launched in the air and on the ground. Back at the scene, cops noted that the particular brutality of an attack that only netted around fifty thousand dollars. This was an execution. This was definitely an ambush execution. Police wanted to know who was responsible. The first step was to find the bike that Brown used to flee the scene on. The crime was committed in an area that doesn't see many crimes as such many people reported multiple people on bicycles cops found the bike dumped in a bush not far from the crime scene it is a huge break of the case the fingerprint found on the getaway bike led police to their main suspect jason derrick brown who was jason derrick brown well he grew up with a mormon family in southern california did his mormon mission in france but it seems he left the church and started living life in a much faster lane. He was a good-looking guy with a surfer-dude looks and attitude. He had all the toys to live large and escalate ATVs and other stuff. There was one small problem. Investigators say this high roller was living a lie. Jason Jason Derrick Brown never had a real 40-hour-a-week job. It was a con or a small job. His neighbors thought he was in the golf business and a great guy. Around the neighborhood, everybody had the same opinion about Jason. He grew tired of his constant couch surfing and set out to fix his problems with a 40 caliber adjustment. His plan focused on this movie theater, an armored car, and Thanksgiving weekend. He did his research about what movie theaters take in and when would the best time would be to commit his crime. He spoke to other people about wanting to commit a crime. Jason brought it up to friends in a way that a lot of his friends thought he was joking. They chalked it up to Jason's drunk. But now he is a face on the FBI's most wanted list. Brown is accused of pumping five slugs into Robert Palmeris. They started connecting the dots. Jason brought in a concealed carry permit, got training on how to use a firearm. He purchased high-velocity rounds that would do the most damage. He trained with it in the desert near Phoenix. Surveillance in his own car was doing surveillance on the armored car as they were doing their daily deliveries and receipts. He had spent all his time around there. Cops tracked Jason Derrick Brown to a local hotel in Phoenix. But he had already skipped town. He slipped off the grid for a while. Then the FBI tracked him back to Orange County, California, where he had family. With an arrest warrant in hand, they were ready to raid his sister's house, hoping to finally slap the cuffs on the man who had been impossible to catch. He somehow found a warrant had been issued, so he broke his phone, threw some clothes into his Cadillac, and ripped out the OnStar tracking ability in his car. He said goodbye to his sister and left. He then went south, stopped at a gas station, and continued his way toward the Mexican border. But surprise fashion, he turned around, went north, was tracked to California, to Oregon, where police found his vehicle in the Portland International Airport. It was believed he was hoping to make police think he left the country. The FBI estimates there are something in the order of 800 to 1,000 tips related to Jason Derrick Brown. Each and every year, it's more than 80 a month. The reality is police in Phoenix have no idea where he is. He could be living halfway around the world, or it's possible he's still in America, maybe even living right next door to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Murder Monday. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex. Visit poddex.com. Use promo code TCNS for 10% off your order. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on this case and this murder, send us a voicemail at 682 305 0483. And if you want to be a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash sleeps. Thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow